Inspire Radio, bringing the feel-good feeling to every day. A warm welcome to the Inspire Radio podcast. The Inspire Radio podcast is an opportunity to listen again to one of the thought-provoking and inspirational interviews brought to you by the team here at Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio is online 24 hours a day, seven days a week with inspirational guests from around the world, feel-good music, the quiet zone, Inspire Smooth, the meditation hour as well. Inspire Radio is your truly feel-good radio station. Sit back and enjoy the podcast from the team at Inspire Radio. With inspirational guests from across the world, this is Inspire Radio. Time now for your business journey with Isabella. Your business journey is sponsored by Digital Works, bringing brands to life online. A creative digital marketing agency working with brands in the UK and Ireland, specialising in social media, content marketing and online brand design and development. For more information about Digital Works, check out their website, digitalworksagency.com. This is Inspire Radio and you're listening to Your Business Journey with me, Isabella Venner, your Mindset and Marketing Coach. And today I have a wonderful speaker with me. She is a master coach, Gillian McMichael, and she's the founder of Full Circle Global. How are you, Gillian? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, really well. You? Very well. Thank you for coming and speaking to us. So you've been coaching for 17 years now, is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Have you And have you always started in coaching or what's been your, your journey in the career? Yeah, so I first started off working in human resources and then moved into learning and development in my last role. And I suppose that's where I fell across coaching. I think maybe as an HR person or kind of um, learning and development person, you think that you're doing coaching, but actually I was more guiding and advising. And then what happened was I just uh, found myself going really intrigued in terms of personal development and growth. And um, I just wanted to find out more. And so that's when I trained to become a professional coach. Brilliant. And how did it, how did you, did you do it on the side? So while you were working professionally in HR, you you studied on the side and then when did it become a business? Yeah. So I I was involved in, um, kind of do some research on how we could bring coaching into our organization at the time and we did a lot of strengths-based coaching so and that was really interesting um so I suppose that was the first thing that kind of lit my fire but just out of the blue I was kind of you know sometimes when you get restless you're like oh I kind of there's got to be something more I'm kind of looking for something more that I can get involved in and I'd love to do more coaching work and find out more about it I just found a small tiny literally um ad in the newspaper when we used to get adverts in newspaper. <laughs> Um, and so I was like oh this is really interesting so I went and applied for the course and I got trained and I did that alongside obviously my full-time job but it really kind of changed my whole outlook and my life in terms of you know this now I've found exactly what I've been looking for it's so powerful isn't it I remember when I first trained in it I, I was also thinking about a career move but you know similar to you I thought oh my gosh this is powerful this is straight away impacting my everyday life imagine what I could do for other people it's, it's quite exciting stuff it is yeah it's amazing actually amazing and when did you feel brave enough or ready enough to say right goodbye dear career and hello I'm opening the doors for my own business yeah so it's interesting actually because um 
I think it was most probably around after training and get my certificate, it was maybe around nine months before I took the leap. Um, I started like most of us do as coaches, you know, you can run a small practice alongside trying to get some clients. And I got my first few paying clients and I was really like over the moon. Um, and so I decided then to look into um designing courses because I also liked training and developing and so I decided to write my own first coach training program and then I, I kind of officially launched so I was kind of running two things at the same time which was becoming you know becoming a professional coach and earning a living as a professional coach while also looking at how I could train people in coaching skills as well. Really exciting and at what point did you decide to bring in other people to help you because I've seen you looked on your website the full circle global and there's a lot going on there there are a hell of a lot of courses for people to to sign up to I'm assuming you've got a team of people around you now yeah so it's a small team and the way that I mean obviously as business evolves and changes you know before kind of 2019 there was a team of about 16 people um, where we were delivering courses globally obviously the recession hit in 2019 um, and then things changed quite significantly so I had to downsize a lot um, and then had to rebrand and go through a whole range of different things to try and keep myself afloat and I ended up then just being myself um, for a period of time and then started to rebuild again but I suppose from that experience I realized that actually didn't need a lot of full-time employees it was better to have a team of associate coaches and virtual assistance and so forth to try and help us uh, develop and grow so that's now the business model it's changed and it's actually changed again since covid hit actually funnily enough oh, okay. because you need to kind of pivot i suppose and keep um keep you know keep going in the direction that you kind of ideally want to go into definitely and i think i find that really refreshing to hear you know successful businesses hearing their journeys it's not just one way it's not just going from small individual step by step and then having this business that just stays large once it's a certain size even big successful businesses can come crumbling down or need to shift and change you know focus and and I think that's such a good reminder because it's so easy for people to think gosh this hasn't this has been working suddenly it's not working it must not be for me or I must be failing and what what was it that kept you going through the ups and downs of growing your business what kept you moving forward I think the first thing was how much I loved the work that I did and that kind of staying connected to the purpose and the reason why I was doing it in the first instance. So that I really genuinely wanted to help people grow and develop and help them reach more. It sounds really cheesy, but help them reach more of their potential because we have so much in our in us that we don't really tap into. So I really wanted to set, so that that was the key driver was that passion for the work. Mm. And and knowing, I suppose, over the years as you build up your reputation and your experience, that actually it felt this is what I and it always has done, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And so I didn't really want to lose that feeling. And I did, you know, first time round with the recession, I, I I applied for jobs and I was like you know is this really what I want to do and I was like my goodness no I don't stay true to your vision and so I think that's this the passion and the staying true to your vision I think which is really has, has kind of carried me along and supported me but I also think that that first time round, when kind of going from large to really being me again um was finding the ability to trust yourself and to know that the decisions that you're making are the right ones yeah. And if you do trust yourself, then actually you can rebuild, you can refocus or you can, re, you know, not even recreate. You can start to create something new. Absolutely. 
And you talked about this, this passion, and I've, I've certainly felt it, and the honour of taking people on a journey and watching them reach their potential is it is, it's quite magical. Um, I would love to find out about your own personal experiences, and you talked about when you first you know, tapped into coaching and realised how powerful it was, and, and you've got that passion there and that purpose. How, how does that, where does that come from in your personal life? Are there connections there? Um. I suppose, you know, I've always been interested in kind of spiritual and personal growth for myself. And I think, you know, it's interesting because when at school, um, you know, I always wanted to be an actress when I was younger and I, I never got to be that. And that's totally fine. Obviously, as an adult, I'm totally cool with that. But I think I spent a lot of years searching for something that I really felt passionate about. And I suppose after acting, I, I didn't really find that. I knew I wanted to work with people, but I wasn't quite sure how that looked and felt. And so I didn't really go to university. You know, I got, it's interesting. My mom, my mom told me as a, as a backup, you know, you must learn to type. You need to have a backup because you can't be an actress and at least you can type. And, and that kind of, um, I suppose, stopped me in many ways from really pursuing my, my dreams. Um, I suppose it made me question that, well, if they don't believe in me, then maybe who else is going to believe in me but as I got into my 20s I started to study and I, I really started to I think then was really make that connection with I think I'm a lifelong learner I love learning and so I've invested you know in in, in many different courses from holistic kind of medicine kind of training into learning how to write a memoir into learning how to paint you know I've, I've kind of had this passion and and I think what learning has done for me on my journey is allowed me to tap into more that creative and fun side of myself. Yes. But then fully enough, I've been able to use in the work that I do. And inject it back into your work. Yes. That's lovely. It sounds like you throughout your life, you've you've always gone back to being curious about yourself and what do I notice? What lights me up and how can I apply that to the work that I do? That's really lovely. Yeah. Um you've you've not always had an easy plain sailing, have you? I've 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 you know, from the outside world, it's so easy to look at business owners and think, oh, my gosh, they've got it or they're lucky or they've, you know, they've had a good start in life or they had the knowledge, the support, the money. Has that always been the case for you? No, I think I think when um, when that recession hit um, at that time, um, my husband and I at the time um, decided to separate. Um, there was nobody else involved, but we decided to separate. We just weren't working together. I had an eight, uh, you know, my son, I think, was was. Um, coming up for nearly six years old at the time mm -hmm. and we went through a very messy and uncomfortable divorce um, that kind of left me in a position where actually I lost everything um, even the business in in the setup that it was at the time so um, that business had to go into liquidation I lost my home my car absolutely everything and and was left with a debt actually which fully being fair fully didn't belong to me which is around ninety-seven thousand pounds worth of debt that had to be then paid off and um, which I paid off over seven years um so left with suitcases and a six-year-old son holding a hand that was pretty traumatic and it took me it took me about seven years genuinely to to rebuild and to to get over that and to learn from that um but that was most probably one of the most life-changing and most difficult stages I had in my life. That sounds it. Thank you for sharing that with us. It, it does not sound easy at all. And, and to be really honest and open saying, you know, rock bottom in many ways, um, over seven years getting over it. What do you, what do you think, thinking about resilient mindset, what were the things that, that you looking back helped you keep going? Are there, are there any tips that you can give people who are in similar situations and, and trying to get out of those those dark places 
Absolutely. I mean, I would say, I mean, the first immediate thought was panic, to be, to be, fair, to be very fair to the situation. I was like, oh, what do I, I mean, genuinely, what do I do? And I thought, right, you need to contact all the people that you know, and you need to just be honest with them. And I think that's one thing I think has helped me is the honesty and the transparency about what, what happened. So I think in that resilience, I think there's something not to feel ashamed of what's happened yeah. or to be embarrassed and it, and it was at times I felt embarrassed and I and I suppose my ego was dented and pride and, and I, was, I was hurt you know as a, as a human as a woman I was really hurt um but I think I went back to that inner strength and that belief that well look I had done this because that was seven years in a very which had been a very successful business you know seven years in if I can do that then I can do it again. Brilliant. So yeah. there's just that sense of trusting myself, but also having an honesty about it. Yeah. I think was important. And I think in that honesty, we have compassion for ourselves as well. It's quite easy to beat ourselves up. And um, but there's definitely strength and vulnerability, isn't there? And, yeah. and you mentioned the ego. Can we all, our ego just get makes things so complicated sometimes, but it's, it's a, yeah, a lot of strength you must have shown over those seven years to say, do you know what? I'm struggling. I'm holding my hands up. I need some, some help and support. But also to, you, you had the you know, perspective to say, actually, I've done this before. I can do this again. And I think it's really easy when we're going through something difficult or a challenge. It's really easy to put the blinkers on and only, only see the negative and only criticize us but sometimes we need to challenge those thoughts don't we and say actually this isn't the entire of my life entirety of my life this single moment or this challenge in my life doesn't define who I am as a person there's so much more to me yeah absolutely I think the other thing just on the back of that was also yeah. to appreciate and to I did a lot of obviously soul searching and digging deep and reflecting on what happened why it happened and absolutely, you know, I wasn't not, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't all my doing. There was other things like the economy. There was, you know, there was the divorce. There was other things that kind of took over a lot of that. Um, but you do have to also take responsibility for your part in all of that. And I think that for me was a really brave step to, to not blame anybody else, but actually say, okay, right, this is what's happened. What's your part in this? Own it, deal with it, learn from it. And very much I did that. And that was very cathartic, actually, to do that. Because I think it would have been very easy to blame everybody else and not take responsibility. So that's, I think that's one of the things I do feel quite proud of is that sense of taking responsibility for, for my part in it all as well. And do you think by taking responsibility and, and not um, falling into the victim mindset, do you think that's what helps you learn from it and helps you say okay what lies in my control and what can I do about it does that give you power again in a sense I think you're absolutely right I think it does and I think it, it, it did give me my personal power back actually because you know you feel a bit kind of you know bruised <laughs> to yeah. say the least you know and I think I think when you take responsibility you're giving yourself back that power and actually for me it was a very healing process mm. I think instead of like laying blame elsewhere and actually looking at, well, what can I learn from that? What was my responsibility? What would I do differently next time if ever faced with that situation? And, and really kind of digging a bit deeper, it, it, it was a very healing process, but also one that did empower me. That is brilliant. And, and so my maths is dreadful. How old is your son now? He's now 18. He's now 18. Amazing. <laughs> and what do you think... What do you think in his eyes? What does he see when he look, when he what does he see when he? Oh my gosh, my tongue is getting twisted. What does he see when he looks at you, at his mother? 
How do you I think he's, yeah, I think he's really proud of me. It's funny, actually. He came and did one of our coach training courses over the summer oh, there brilliant. last year at the beginning of COVID. And yeah. uh, and I think I think by him doing that, I think he realised that, you know, actually, my mum's actually all right. She's quite good at this stuff. <laughs> Um, so that was quite nice to, for him to be that, and and I think I don't know. I, I think we've I think I think because of the experience, we've got an amazing relationship, and we're, we've got a very good, a good close relationship. And I think I think he's got my back, and I think between us, we've we've always managed to have each other's back. Um, so I think I think deep down, he is proud of me, and I think he he really gets now what I do, which is is really nice actually. It takes quite a while for people sometimes to get what, what coaching is all about, isn't it? My, my father, for a few years, said, why are you telling people how to live their lives when you've only started living yours? And I'm like, Dad, that's not it. I'm not telling people what to do. Um, and it does take a while. Have you, you know, what would you say to people starting out in the coaching industry? I, I remember um, years ago when I started training in it, um, we were warned not to start coaching our friends and family. And that was um, <laughs> sometimes a bit of a challenge. Have you experienced yeah. that? Well, I mean, I would agree with that. I would absolutely say try not to coach any friends or family members because, you know, you've got that different relationship. You can't really be objective um, mm -hmm. in the way that you need to be as a coach. But I think for me, the biggest, somebody told me this a long, long, when I first started is don't take rejection personally. So, you know, like when you're desperate to get your first client or you're really, you're really desperate to get more clients and you start to then think, well, why do they not want me? Why, why are they not choosing me? And I think that really doesn't help in terms of any confidence or self-belief. And so I think that has really kind of helped me over the years in, in all, of, all of the things that I can apply it in so many different ways. But I think, yeah, that was one of the, the, one of the key lessons that I think are, are useful for, key, for, for new coaches. But also I think stay true to who you are because you know as much as I do that there's so many coaches out there and not everyone is qualified you know and and I think you can do that very easy compare and contrast yes and I think stay true to your own voice to your own vision and be your most authentic self and don't get influenced by what other people are doing absolutely I remember right in the beginning when I was setting up my practice it was so easy to compare yourself with other people and I actually said I I had to take my own advice because it's another thing it's very easy to dish out advice and then suddenly taking it yourself is a whole other thing um, and I just said right you know you can take inspiration from competitors but then you need to stop giving them your energy you need to close that door and again focus on yourself and focus on what your what makes you unique you know Absolutely. I love that you, you mentioned the um the coaching industry and it is obviously it is completely expanded in the last number of years um, and you've been you've been in the industry for 17 years where do you where do you see the coaching industry going? What are the challenges? What are the things we need to look out for? What are the things that are going well for the industry? How has it evolved? Yeah, it's a really good question, actually. Um, I, I would obviously it's evolved massively, and I think what what's happened for me is that we we're moving away from that kind of traditional sense of coaching. I think from that sense of you know kind of transactional action. You know, you set a goal and you go boom, 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 and then that's you kind of got your got your goal. And I think what's happening is that more transformational and that more kind of holistic approach to you as a whole person, I think, seems to be coming through quite a lot. And maybe that's been driven just in the last kind of 12, 18 months more so. But I think more and more people are kind of wanting to integrate that whole kind of um self-care practice mm -hmm. as well into just general coaching. So I see that's kind of most probably um going to be quite big I would say over the coming years 
But I think in terms of the industry, I mean, it's shaping and it's evolving. And I think, um, you know, I think what's going to happen in coaching isn't regulated, obviously. So I don't think coaching will get regulated. And in many ways, I actually don't want it to get regulated because we'll all be kind of cutouts of each other then and rather than individual. Um, but what I do feel, knowing, knowing, because I'm a member of the International Coach Federation and, and the other three bodies that, you know, they're really working hard to strive for best practice. Yeah and to really raise the bar of the standard. So I think what's going to happen is those that don't have any formal training might unfortunately be left behind because those that are getting formally trained have got that really robust framework and that extra added edge um, that I think at some point will become a requirement. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's quite exciting. I remember when I when I trained in it, you, you had people from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of ages, wanting to help different pockets of people. And I think that makes it really exciting. Uh, but absolutely having the the fundamentals of framework to make sure we don't harm anyone. We don't, you know, we do, we, we support people as best we can, I think is really important. Um, completely agree with that. I was going to ask you a little bit about your routine. So um, I, I know, you know, self-care um, looking after our mind, looking after our body, all of that's super important. But I also know that you know some people feel overwhelmed by it. There's so much advice out there. Where do you start? What does your routine look like? Is it always perfect? Does it change? Yeah, well, it's not perfect. <laughs> it's not perfect. But what I do try, because um, about a decade ago, when obviously the back of the loss of the first business, I invested a lot in my personal growth. Also, at that point, so I learned to meditate. I became a meditation teacher and things like that. Um, do yoga. So I kind of started. Those are the things that really helped me also kind of recover, I suppose, in many ways and build that resilience. And so I've been. So my routine would be: I am an early bird. I get up at five thirty every morning. Um, and I love getting up early because it's my private space in the morning when the house is quiet. Um, so I would meditate. I do some form of exercise, whether that's yoga, which is gentle kind of more stretching yoga rather than anything too like too powerful. And then I would either go out for a run or I do my um, I've got a Peloton, actually. So I've invested nice. in that. So I do that. So I like some high octane as well as some kind of balance. And then, you know, I would do my day and then, but I do try to get to bed around 10 p.m., 10.30, because getting up early, you need to do that. And I, I do see the value in a good night's sleep, but it's not perfect. You know, there are days when I just can't be bothered and that's okay too. Cause I think, you know, you've got to appreciate that sometimes you are tired and it doesn't work, but I try as much as possible to eat well, um, don't overindulge too much, um, but still have that myself permission that actually if I want to eat cake then I'm okay to eat it you know so I suppose it's 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 for me it's about been trying to cultivate a balance so not kind of restricting myself from doing anything but giving myself the opportunity to have more of a balanced lifestyle and I suppose that's what I've been trying to do of late and that's that's been working really well Sounds good. And for all the listeners, she's glowing and she's got a lovely, lovely home in the background as well. So she's doing something right. Good routines. I like that. What is coming up for your for your business in the future? What are you looking forward to? Where do you see your business going? Well, um, so gosh, yeah, good, good question. So lots of more, funnily enough, we're integrating this reason why I said well, it's probably about wellness. We're integrating a lot more wellness um, into our programs, okay. designing two new coach training programs, one around coaching, coaching mastery, mm -hmm. and one also around conscious coaching, which I think is going to be really quite interesting. And um, so I'm really excited about I'm in the process of designing those at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's just about doing more good work with and, and helping and working with amazing people. And I think you mentioned the word, um, it's very humbling. I think that's exactly it. So yeah, so I think just do more of that work and enjoying it 
as much as I possibly can. Brilliant. And for the listeners out there, we've got global listeners around the world. How can people find you? How can they get involved? Where can they get yeah, So they can follow me on Instagram at the master coach, or you can uh, go to our website, which is www.fullcircleglobal.com. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Gillian, for coming to talk to us. Really okay. lovely. Thank you for having me. Really nice to talk to you. And thank you all listeners. This is Inspire Radio and you are listening to me, Isabella Venner, your host with your business journey slot. Wherever you are in the world, I wish you a wonderful day. Inspire Radio. Attention, please. We at HealthSpan would like to tell you something that quite possibly you didn't already know. Not all supplements are created equal. I know. Who'd have thought? We travel the entire globe to find the best ingredients for our vitamins and supplements. From the southern slopes of India for our turmeric to the cold, crisp seas of Greenland for our cod liver oil. Because that's the Healthspan way. Well, there you go. It's not every day you learn something new, is it? We're Healthspan. That's healthspan.co.uk. Vitamins and supplements. In store or direct to your door. Time for another inspirational quote from Inspire Radio. Be happy. Be inspired. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking your tasks into smaller, manageable tasks and then starting on the first one. Mark Twain. Inspire Radio. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast. Maybe you would like to appear as a guest on Inspire Radio. If you would, simply email inspire at inspireradio.co.uk. Now check out our website as well, inspire at inspireradio.co.uk for all our programme schedules, presenter information and the latest podcasts where you can listen again. Check out our Facebook page, which is Inspire Radio UK. Once again, a big thank you for you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast brought to you by the team at Inspire Radio. Copyright applies. This, 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 this is Inspire Radio.